0: welcome back to episode 114 of the block runner podcast i am your host william always here with your co-host iman damn
1: dude that was so clean Like, (laughs) like you didn't miss a single day dude what the hell yeah not only that it's like the last time we recorded something was like in june that's what i'm saying it's like riding a bike i guess it's like you hop back on it's like yeah it's that muscle memory man i feel like we hopped into the uh you're not a Dragon Ball Z guy. No, I'm it's not. The hyperbolic time chamber is kinda cool. It's like the way these like anime dudes train, they step into this room. Yeah. And it's like they they could train for a year, but really what's happening on the outside, it's like a day. So it's like Oh really? You walk out, <laughs> you spend a year <laughs> training, but like only a day has passed by. Dude, that's awesome. It kinda feels like we just like we just disappeared for six months, but maybe we were training. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we were in the hyperbolic time <laughs> chamber of like crypto training, dude.
0: Well, well a lot has happened over the six months. A lot. Um I so we, we look back on June. I guess we can pull up the charts here, but we, we look back in June. That was the last time we posted a long form podcast. And um man, let's let's see where we were at in June
1: in terms of the market. Like uh, Bitcoin, (laughs) I feel like it's, we've been crabbing since then. I feel like maybe that's part of the motivation. Why like, you know, it was like not much has been happening. Like from a crypto standpoint, a lot's been happening in the NFT world. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Like NFTs, like it's like a a lot of micro events happening. For sure. Like uh, in tandem with one another. It's not like Bitcoin. Bitcoin is such a juggernaut, such a force. Yeah. Like it 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 doesn't like catch uh attention waves as frequently as the NFT market does. Yeah, you know? I mean
0: NFTs they have they have a different dimension to them, right? They have like visual component and yeah, um, I think to a lot of to a certain
1: extent, it's more interesting right? that and it's like in, in its experimental phase. Like people are still trying to figure out like what NFTs even do or like, yeah. what's the point of them. So every week somebody figures out a new like a uh, use case or like a new, you know, yeah. this, is, this is my NFT. And so, like, the market, you know, like, freaks out about it for, like, a week, and then they move on <laughs> to the next thing, you know. But Bitcoin, Bitcoin's been here for an old old reliable, dude. Not, not much changes in the Bitcoin world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we've certainly had some surprises. Uh, we had some, like,
0: dumpenings, like 53% dumps.
1: When was that? That this, was uh... This was
0: in uh, May time frame. Uh, April timeframe
1: going on back then just
0: oversold. Yeah. It was oversold. Yeah. It might be what it is. Yeah. So, uh, so it had a resurgence, right? A resurrection, if you will, <laughs> it went all the way down to 29,000 and that was
1: like peak bear sentiment. Uh, yeah. At least in the short term. Yeah, I was contemplating necking <laughs> yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Still, still emotional in this game.
0: I was but like, "I hey, man, hang in there, dude. It's gonna come back." <laughs> Talk me off the cliff. Yeah, and and so it does. <laughs> it, it breaches all time high. I was like, "Told you, fool." Yeah. And and yeah. then it proceeds to dump from there. Yeah. Now now what, dude? What's your grand prediction well, now? I mean, look at the, the support line here, right? This green line. If uh Okay. So if you're listening to the podcast, definitely check out the YouTube channel we 'cause we're we're looking at charts. We're looking right?
1: at meme lines. That's what we're doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of check check out this meme line though.
1: That's right. We did we did lay out like our, our, our little block runner prediction, right? So far we're outside of our little curve. <laughs> <laughs> Just by a little bit though, but we're still within your green bands, dude. Yeah. But there has been some macroeconomic developments within the last, you know, three or four months. That's that right. We made these predictions. You know, there's like <clears throat> all of a sudden the world is like aware of this inflation issue. <laughs> mm. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the one that we saw coming for, you know, a couple of years now. Yeah. But now there's like actual like pen on Numbers. paper. Yeah, like yeah. Evidence like, OK, there's a problem. We're hitting inf- inflation rates not seen in decades you know, And then you got the Federal Reserve coming out talking about they're going to slow down or actually cease all these things that have kind of like... Kept the market afloat this whole time, mm-hmm. anyways, right? So it's like there's a lot of bearish sentiment out there, like in the macroeconomic sense. Yeah. Right? And then you got China like defaulting on massive housing loans and yeah, stuff yeah, like, yeah, that. Yeah. Like, I remember like that. It's like the housing crisis 2.0 in China. Yeah. It's like, what the freak is going on out there, right? Yeah. So how's Bitcoin going to respond to all this? Right? Like, that's the big question. <sighs> yeah. And that's, that's
0: always the, when you make a prediction, you're essentially just almost like gambling. You're just guessing. Uh, because it, think about this Bitcoin is. Like one of the few assets that's global and it's extremely accessible via apps, right? You can't yeah. just uh, you can't just go buy gold, right, with an app for the for a to a certain extent. I mean, you can, yeah. but it's yeah. not readily as accessible as Bitcoin is. Um, and so, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is. Because Bitcoin is as accessible as it is, it, it is not to the effect it doesn't fluctuate only based on what happens in United States. Right. No. So there's there's other there's other influences that uh, that influence the Bitcoin price that have nothing to do with the United States. So when yeah. when the US says we have seven percent inflation, yeah, it's it's going to depress some of the numbers, but it won't depress as high as you would think just because it's a global asset. Mm-hmm. Right. There's other things, you know, supporting Bitcoin. Bitcoin. So, um, so I, anyway, my sentiment is more is always bullish, just because I, you know everybody knows where Bitcoin's going. It's just in the like when you zoom in, I mean, that's that's when you're you start guessing as to where it's going. Yeah. But going back to you know when we stopped the podcast, I mean we didn't stop it, we just uh, just got really busy. But we stopped in June timeframe, so June was like the kind of the local all-time low. And so that that happened to be a coincidence because of several factors that influenced our pausing. Yeah. So um, so there's that. But uh, we're we're back and we're trying to get into the swing of things and we're having this long form podcast to kind of like start the momentum right back up.
1: <sighs> yeah, I don't think we ceased like making <clears throat> YouTube content like uh, six months ago, right? No, we didn't. I, I think you know we have our Rovi community calls every week. You know. True. Uh, I think we sprinkled in some uh, some metaverse topic, you know, uh, YouTube content around this time too. But we definitely slowed down on all fronts when it comes yeah. to like having our finger on the pulse on the market uh, you know the, especially with the whole metaverse side of things we've seen a lot of like new ideas and like new new entrants Yeah, because like you know we've been talking about the metaverse for a couple of years now and yep. we, we predicted this like once yep. the metaverse narrative takes off you're going to see you know a boom of uh, experimentation or whatever you want to call it like there's just people out there everybody's all of a sudden working on a metaverse project exactly or even yeah. like companies like Microsoft just did this yeah. ginormous acquisition today right the it biggest was, like, one in the game Industry like seventy billion dollars or yeah, something like 70 that. seventy billion. They
0: they acquired Activision and Blizzard. Or are they separate or are they the same? No,
1: I think Activision acquired Blizzard like ten years ago or something oh, okay, like that. So okay. they were like a thing, yeah, right? So yeah. so it's like Activision Blizzard. Now Microsoft just came and like gobbled it all up. Yep. Like sixty, like almost sixty nine billion dollars, dude. Yeah, dude, they're freaking curbing the whole gaming market. It's unbelievable. And and they paid in cash. Yeah, dude, that's so I think insane. They have- <laughs> Well, I mean, they're a trillion-dollar company, right? So you yeah, but that's like ten percent of their value almost. Yeah, I think that's like fifty percent of their cash on hand too, from what I was reading. Shit. That's a big, that's like that's a big bet. But that's yeah, a big bet. I think they're also like, dude, we're so fucking rich. Like, I you know, you know, we're gonna make that back in a couple of years. Like, yeah. especially with all these games, this new IP, yeah. they must have big ideas, right? And then there's speculation out there, like, ooh, of course, some metaverse play, of course. You know, because you got Facebook and Meta, like, that's a thing we haven't really talked about in the podcast yet, but yeah. we're definitely going to go into that.
0: Yeah, and Microsoft has always been big in gaming ever since Xbox in, like, 2001 yeah. or wherever it came out. Yeah. And uh, they have, like, the HoloLens. They have a bunch of hardware outside of the, just the Xbox that allows them to participate in the Metaverse, but they don't really have a huge Metaverse play up until, I, I guess. Do you consider Activision, Blizzard, like, oh, like huge Metaverse potential there, oh. like, just from a gaming standpoint?
1: oh dude (laughs) outside (laughs) of world of warcraft you're stabbing me right of course (laughs) they have because that from my perspective
0: but world of warcraft has a very narrow market right i mean i wouldn't say narrow but in in the grand general
1: scheme of things like yeah i don't know i I don't think yeah world of warcraft is just going to be like this big aha moment for the metaverse they roll out like you know the world of metaverse (laughs) (laughs) who knows maybe they will do some weird shit like that but but what i'm saying is like from my recollection and my experience the world of warcraft you know Experience was probably one of the earliest like successful attempts at like creating like a a metaverse-esque experience right with like a a real world economy yep well i mean it mimicked real world economics without the actual reward part (laughs) you know it was it was a good uh game economy that blizzard profit from Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it still had all the right uh, like uh incentive alignments to keep players engaged and to like you know prioritize these virtual experiences over the physical experiences that they had because I was one of those people, sure, right? So sure. I, I bought into the incentive model and all that stuff. So, but world of you're right, like World of Warcraft today. I mean, this is like World of Warcraft 10, 15 years ago. It's not, yeah. it's not as captivating anymore. A lot of people have kind of like unshackled themselves from that existence at this point just because you know it kind of you kind of outgrow it because at some point you got to, you know, mature as a person and like start to think about your own well being. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just be in a virtual world forever right because it's 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 not part of the web3 ecosystem right For like sure. it, it doesn't have that reward aspect that the web3 ecosystems developing at the moment so yeah i mean i think what they're just doing is you are just like i said they're curbing up all the game ip they can because you know they understand like the future potential of the gaming market right so i think today like the most obvious application is like uh streaming services right for games i think sure. they, ha- they have some sort of like xbox game pass or something like that yeah so if you're going to expand the ip pool to, like the games that are exclusive to your, your game pass it's the same business model as netflix right mm-hmm. like you want to have the hottest content on your platform to get people to subscribe yeah of course right so it's just a good business move i feel like yeah
0: yeah I, i'm just curious as to like how are they going to leverage these uh, assets Uh, Because, look, they they talk about push it into the fast-growing markets for mobile gaming and the metaverse. And so there's context here for Microsoft participating in like this whole metaverse craze. And, you know, I, I, we think about the metaverse as like, you know, kind of the existing like open metaverses like Decentraland, but there's going to be a wide array of types of metaverses. Yeah. There's going to be like a <coughs> lot less general purpose metaverses and there's going to be like pr- gen- purpose metaverse, like like a, like a World, of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As, as, as long as you can successfully like attract the population of people to like exist in your virtual world, that that's a metaverse in my mm, books. Yeah. Whether or not these people are, I mean, from our perspective, we think that that, that real-world economic layer has to be existent in, in order for like a... Yeah. I don't know, like the end game version of the metaverse to to actually come to fruition, but like you're saying, like that's not the experience people expect today. Yeah, agreed. You know, agreed. Like the, especially like the Western gaming audience, like they they're struggling to even understand like the 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 value add of NFTs mm. to the gaming experience. See, I find
0: that uh, surprising because yeah. I mean, if you play any game with any economy, you can start imagining what it would be like to actually own. That digital asset yeah. that you acquired. So <clears throat> I think there was a, uh, I think Call of Duty or some company created some aspect of their game into NFTs and there was a lot of hate. Do you remember that? It was like Call of Duty or. Uh, or I think it was
1: a, a Ubisoft game. It was yeah, like, a, Ubisoft. like a fucking Splinter Cell or something. I don't know. <laughs> Ghost yeah. Recon or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean that, that's that was the big like oh moment for the NFT industry. We like as as a sector, everyone thought, dude, just wait till the gamers find out about this stuff, dude. They're yeah. gonna be all in. And yeah, they, yeah. they found out about this stuff They're like, dude, fuck that, dude. I don't like this. You like, know what? It, it was because of like the whole NFT
0: mania. Like it got a bad rap in yeah. like from a high level yeah. view.
1: It's true, it's this new thing that's being shoved in everyone's face, right? Yeah. Like, it's like it just comes out of nowhere. They see all these, like, you know, Logan Paul types, you know, yeah, exactly people who you don't know you normally don't associate like positively, positively. yeah, <laughs> positivity too. Yeah, you, you see these big headlines. Oh, he just made five million dollars selling like this, this damn thing of him, you know, doing a, a squiggle dance or something. I don't know, yeah, and then you're like, what? Like, this sounds like a little scammy, right? And then now you're seeing big game companies starting to try and attempt to do the same thing so people have this reaction it's like oh, this this feels like you know big corporate corporations trying to like swindle us or something i don't know i'm yeah. not really sure because obviously we're, we're not on that end of the you yeah know, like what,
0: creation process
1: no, no no we're not on the end of the public like awareness oh, like, for like sure. we knew this was coming right so yeah. we weren't surprised by anything <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i mean you you said it best like when there's a general audience that learns about something new and they, they shit on it. And you you inherently understand, like, the technology and the applications. Yeah. That means we're on the fringe and that's, that's where we want to be.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah. You, you didn't. These are all good indicators. Right? Yes. Go back in time. Do your little history of, like, how the internet was uh, embraced during, like, the early 90s. Dude. Exact <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Skepticism and, like, hate. And, like, dude, this is why would you want internet send an email yeah all right, right. <laughs> it's like why do we need the internet like why don't you go to the library and get a book or or, read or just call that person yeah exactly all these things like, yeah. it's just doubt and just it's just something innate in most people it's just like you, you know change kind of cha- yeah change is
0: scary. scary yeah and um man man I, <laughs> so so yesterday i had a I, I went to a live uh neil degrasse talk, tyson talk yeah, and and so one of the things I, oh, I yeah. was telling you before before we got on, uh, and um, one thing he described was uh, quantum computing and uh, quantum. Oh
1: my God, dude! You got okay. Yeah. Tell me what he said. Quantum, quantum entanglement.
0: entanglement. Okay, so it's basically the idea of you take um, you take the um, an atom. And its its electrons are entangled with a, like a counterpart atom. And so what happens is when you separate these atoms like in, to an infinite distance, right? Anytime you excite one atom, it excites the other one, even though there's like a huge distance between them. And so what he was saying is that the China is developing a a new internet that has instant communication faster than light. Mm. Where you, when you send a message, it's automatically received on the other end because it's, it's the same thing. And so we're talking about like internet at hyper light speed, faster than light speed. And so this is a technology China is working on. Yeah. And so he was saying that, you know, he was criticizing, uh, you know, uh, the United States for not like, and like leading, you know, yeah. this type of development. Um, and so but when it goes back to like change, it's like imagine when we, ha- we we're introduced this new type of Internet where messages are instantaneous. Like you can play games with zero lag, infinite zero lag. And so um, so anyway, that change, I bet you that Internet is going to be pushed back because this and that.
1: What do you mean pushback?
0: Just like, just in general, when people
1: Oh, see, like receive, when they find out about yeah, this, like uh, this new technology. <laughs> this new breakthrough. Yeah. It's like, hell no, dude. It's like, it's you're like, going to create like a quantum rip in the freaking universe right. and we're all going to get sucked into a black hole.
0: Yeah. There's going to be like <laughs> copies of each other because of multiverse and all this. Yeah, man.
1: Good. But so, it sounds like a necessary thing for like, uh, I don't know, the pro- progress of like this whole digital landscape, right? Yeah. Like, if we Instinct. want, if we, yeah, if we want the metaverse to mimic reality as closely as possible, like not only is it like a graphical thing, right? Yeah. Like if if you want like true immersion into like a a second life type experience, like first you just gotta like enter these oh. things and like make yeah. sense and like feel as real as this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you'd like. Everything has to be like you're saying, instantaneous, right? Yeah. Like no lag, zero lag. Yeah, because that's what that's what the reality we're used to. Our yeah. physics it's is it's like zero lagless. Lag. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Unless you have like a brain tumor or something, or like <laughs> <laughs> too much to drink. I don't know. Yeah, you might experience lag. From yeah, time that, to time. that's
0: funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys like when you, when you guys drink. I always use the uh, terminology of like I'm at 56k right now. <laughs> oh my
1: god! <laughs> it's like I'm definitely lagging, guys. Yeah. It's like hold up, hold up.
0: So. Uh, Uh, so yeah anyway (laughs) um so i thought that was interesting like the fact that we can have like instantaneous like communication well i've
1: been hearing something about like the whole quantum thing like once this whole quantum computation breakthrough happens like that's the end of cryptography is that is that true
0: um potentially just because of like the the speed of these quantum computers they're like magnitudes much faster than like just general like cpus that we have so uh so yeah it's 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 possible because what you could do is you can brute force a private key to Bitcoin okay. in like in significantly <coughs> less time. It'll still take probably months. Yeah. But it won't take, you know, centuries, right? A general computer would take millions of years potentially to brute force a password, a a private key.
1: Uh, yeah, a regular one.
0: And so a computer, uh, a quantum computer could take months, right? And so
1: so <laughs> what do we need to look out for? Like <laughs> at what stage of quantum computing General purpose, uh, yeah. Like, uh, what's the uh, singularity moment for this, this I, quantum when,
0: computing? When mo- not just the universities have access to quantum computers, that's when we. You think the universities
1: operate. are like, you know, <clears throat> they won't abuse this power,
0: you know? Oh, uh, they could, they could, but they won't. I, I don't know.
1: How is Elon Musk not like, you know, fighting this? <laughs> I think like is artificial intelligence, right? This sounds well, like
0: a lot of power. Well, Elon's like businesses. They're they're more like software companies now, like Tesla. It's yeah, like yeah. a software company, so they are they are running several um, server farms
1: to you know support what, dude, everything. I, I'm being a, I'm being the typical. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm like scared already, right? Yeah, that's I'm true. being the typical guy. Like, yeah. I just I just now I feel like I understand <laughs> the change. Yeah, no, like this this side of the uh, the, the awareness spectrum, right? I, yeah, I, I don't I'm not obviously um, tuned into the quantum computing yeah. element space, but now you're like laying out the potential of it and like the implications of what it can do yeah now i'm scared yeah <laughs> uh, now i'm like dude we need to stop this <laughs> that's what everybody thinks like see so yeah. about nfts and the metaverse and like you dude, dude we need to stop this this is too much at that's, once that's interesting yeah. because
0: you know when i when i first learned about quantum entanglement i didn't really think of the application of like instant communication because mm-hmm. uh, what they were talking about in the context of uh, quantum entanglement is being able to talk to people martians Mm. who are there instantaneously mm. right and so that that's a benefit instead of waiting that's you know, huge. the uh what is it six minutes the six light six light minutes to get there mm. um you can instantly communicate right that that is a big deal because now you can transact bitcoin and everything instantaneously with them but anyway um <clears throat> so anyway they were talking about quantum entanglement and that degree but but when Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about it I was like maybe we should we should push this technology we should encourage it we should of figure course. out how to how to leverage it because of course yeah. you never know what applications can can arise from something like that so my point is is like my initial reaction to like learning of these technologies is like let's, let's forward let's yeah. move
1: forward You never feel like reluctancy. You never feel like like A.I. Let's move forward. Yeah. You you, you don't give a fuck. Like if if somehow like this all is like a road leading to our own like destruction. No, I I do not. That thought never enters your mind. No, it doesn't.
0: Because I feel like humans throughout our history, which our history hasn't been that long. But so far we've been resilient and we've been we've been good at solving problems. Yeah,
1: I guess I think there's only one like historical example of like where technology progressed to the point where of, of like a no returns point. It's the nu- nuclear. Yeah. Advancement, right? Yeah, and like,
0: then look at that. There's a lot of countries with nuclear weaponry, and we haven't shot at each other. Not yet. Well, I mean, we have <laughs> technically. That's we true. have with we did Nagasaki
1: it. and Hiroshima, but that's yeah, that's I, terribly I, depressing to even think for about. For sure, but, but yeah, that's yeah, uh, you're, you're right in that sense. There's like a global consensus, even among like the you know, the elites of the world, that you know, we have this power, this technology that know, obviously super impactful. Like if your goal in, you know, military strategy is to, you know, wipe out whatever yeah. the fuck. Yeah, you could. <laughs> this you is a very useful tool. For sure. Right. For sure. But they understand as as a collective like the implications of that, right? Like we could that is our mass destruction moment. Like that's yeah, our mass it's extinction a, event. It's
0: a mutually assured destruction. Yeah. You send a nuke, you're receiving a nuke. Do so you
1: think technology will, will be equally as well handed handled. Like,
0: um, I I think so. I I have optimism that my answer would be yes. I think it would be well handled, especially, you know, things like AI and all that. See, that's
1: the thing. The AI most likely won't be in the hands of just, you know, governments. It could could be like in the hands of... Of companies. Companies, yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, um... I feel like, you know, Elon says it best when it, because he's being criticized about not paying taxes and he's he's paying like 50% taxes. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And uh, so he's saying that it doesn't make sense to allocate funds to an entity that doesn't know how to handle funds like the government. Mm. And unlike Elon, so he takes funds and he makes trillions of dollars worth of value, right? Rockets, Mm -hmm. you know, self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. And so his argument is I shouldn't be paying as much taxes because I know how to, allocate the funds Mm. so which i mean it's a it's a valid argument and he's proven the point yeah but yeah not all billionaires act like elon though
1: so like, what is he expecting though? Like, like Congress to come to some kind of like a like a agreement? Like, you know what? This guy has has a proven track record of like he's outproduced the government in all facets. <laughs> or, like when it comes to like value or like technological advancement, you know what? This guy gets a break.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know if that's exactly what he's arguing, but that's what it, I think. It, it seems like it. Yeah,
1: he's that's like he's planting that seed, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you know what? Maybe there should be some sort of like uh, customization to like these tax, sure. these tax taxations, right? Yeah. Like you know, yeah, for sure. Yeah that's but that's tough because we're talking about like insane amounts of money yeah like unfathomable amounts of money but but sh- sh- he's right but at the end of the day though we don't know if he's like some evil guy like deep down inside dude like you know I mean, he didn't mention that he wanted to nuke
0: Mars but that was like to terraform it yeah that's not evil yeah <laughs>
1: but again dude I always have this side narrative what if that's just what he's saying he just wants his hands on these things just,
0: I feel like if Elon was a bad guy there, like a
1: Marvel movie about this the fucking well, guy who just like wipes Half people or something? Yeah, Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What but if he came to the same conclusion. He's <laughs> definitely not Thanos. He's not Thanos.
0: No, for not for not by a long shot. Okay. Yeah.
1: Let's let's all hope he's not Thanos, dude. That would suck. I mean, because
0: <laughs> if there was a Thanos, I mean, you would imagine that they would have used a nuke by now.
1: Well, yeah, but there's other ways to like screw everything up, right? Like you know, bio weapons Yeah, there. Were, and that's lab leak theories and stuff like that. You know? Sure, sure, sure. They can create like a super virus if they really want to get rid of a lot of people. I don't but, know, but I think
0: Elon's been long enough and like he's been interviewed so many times that you can see that he's genuine with like his, yeah, his words and I, he's, no. he's trying to extend the life of humanity and all that.
1: Yeah. I'm just memeing <clears throat> for sure, know. but, but it's always good to have like all the, uh, angles figured out Yeah, and that's cover all your bases, yeah. even though there's probably like a 0.001% chance like this sure. guy is like actually just like a super evil genius. And like this whole yeah. career was like his attempt to get his hands on, you know, some weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> that would be like the most insane thing throughout like a human history, right? Like uh, if somebody could achieve this, sure. right? But there sure. have been some <clears throat> some figures in a historical past that have achieved, you know. Uh, Supremacy. Insane amounts of power. Right? Yeah. And they did not have necessarily like positive intention with that power. You know what? The power, maybe, like, in their own mind, it was positive, right? But it had a lot of negative ramifications. It, it's know? possible that power corrupts people. Oh, Possible. It's almost it's like a, a certainty. It's a certainty? <laughs> yeah, almost.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird how uh, all of a sudden you gain power and then you just like completely change. Yeah, like it's, well, it's just I, odd.
1: I, I can imagine. You no, know, Bill Gates. I feel like Bill Gates. I, I think he, he mm. feels like one of those genuine guys. Like he was the richest man for many years. Sure. And he dedicated a lot of his resources to yeah. try and, like, solve some serious issues, like, you know, with the malaria vaccines and stuff like that, you know, yeah. funding, you know, all these CDC organizations and stuff like yeah. that. Now they're getting a ton of hate, but still, it was all very necessary stuff, right? And I think those were good intentions. But now that, like, <clears throat> he's kind of, like, witnessed the public reaction to all those efforts, I wonder if his, like, uh, sentiment has shifted a little bit. <laughs> like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be trying to save all these people. Um. You know? <laughs> I'm trying
0: to I'm trying to put my my shoot my myself in those in, shoes, yeah. and I'm trying to think if um, <clears throat> I'm 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 a man of science, mm. and I I base my decisions based on like scientific discoveries and <clears throat> and I feel like if I was Bill Gates, he's probably a man of science, and his contribution to humanity is is aligned with scientific discoveries and making improvements, mm-hmm. and so these um, vocal minorities would probably have zero effect on mm. like his sentiment.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like you kind of already ex- he probably already expected like this to happen, right? Like people is like in general aren't appreciative, I guess. I don't know. Or
0: Yeah, it's like how how do you how do you take um like our advancements in vaccines and just like for example, there's no there's no polio, there's no uh, smallpox because of vaccines. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we, we come up with a vaccine that helps, right? It doesn't completely absolve like COVID. Yeah. But there's, there's a hesitation, right? Like yeah, it, it just course. doesn't, it's not, it doesn't. You know, doesn't make sense. It's not aligned with what's actually happening. So, um, yeah, you're gonna. The I guess what we have now compared to the past is that we have internet, we have social media, and we have narratives that spread faster than than viruses. Oh yeah. So that is what. As, that's probably the result of lack of understanding of science. Mm. So, uh, or I guess
1: all things, all topics that for whatever reason get a bad rap. So like Bill Gates is one. Like everybody thinks he's this evil guy who concocted the coronavirus somehow. Like at yeah, some lap. to inject chips in our arms. Like. <laughs> yeah. So like that's a sexy narrative. That's uh, a good. Yeah, I mean
0: it's a good sci-fi narrative yeah. for sure.
1: And people gravitate towards that. You know, it's just okay. You know, like it. th- th- that, that, that reminds
0: me of the movie uh, Kingsman, the first one. Have you seen it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, it's it's where that uh, that cell phone manufacturer creates like this frequency that turns everybody like psychos or whatever. Yeah, and so what he does is he gives everybody a free cell phone. Everybody's like, hell yeah, I want a free cell phone. Yep. And every cell phone had like little chip that emitted Rain that scamp- frequency
1: scrambler. Yeah,
0: um, exactly, man. I forget what was the point of bringing that up. <laughs> oh, so uh, Bill Gates. Well. I think ultimately, like these narratives about Bill Gates, I think it's a it's an attractive, like spreadable narrative that mm-hmm. people can attach to because conspiracies. But ultimately, the size, I guess, uh, an impact of that community is not bigger than the science community.
2: Mm.
1: So. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day really it's just people just uh, <clears throat> the only reason we're even aware of all this is because like the the uh, conversations of like uh, mass culture are, are happening in front of all of our eyes at all the times so it's true. like Really, at the end of the day, it doesn't, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter too much just because, like, uh, technology is like this own, like, thing. It doesn't really rely on uh, this public sentiment, yeah. you know. Agreed. It's, it just kind of does its, its, it, it's just progressing at its own pace. That's such a big know? deal because human
0: progress is, has always been on science, like scientific progression. Nothing yeah. else has, has improved uh, humanity besides science.
1: Yeah, but see that—that's what's weird. Yeah, like, but there's there's only like a certain mindset who believes that or thinks that way. And see, what, but they're wrong. What do you mean? They're wrong. Who's like wrong? only science has what is no 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 no. i'm saying like this this like this collective effort to like just progress you know and like move forward from a technology's perspective whatever it is uh, i'm trying to figure out like what is this what is this driving force behind it you know even though like there's like a monetary aspect to it you think that's what it is i
0: I don't think monetary is the only reason we've progressed i think that's part of it yeah but uh a lot of the innovation hadn't had Little to do with being motivated by money.
1: Yeah, I think in the beginning it was mostly like trying to figure out how to make our lives, you know, more comfortable. Right. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of. But but also of- think about this: is like money
0: has has put a a number on like the ability to create progress. Like for example, if you take a computer chip, and now the the chips that are in our our cell phones are significantly more powerful than the computer used to get to the moon in 1969. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so what has driven the forces behind improving the chips that far is because, to a certain extent, it is money. But it's not the attraction of gaining more money. It's more like it takes this amount of money to make this chip. Next year, let's make the same chip, but cheaper. Mm. Because the number makes sense. Yeah. Right? It's not necessarily to make more money, but but it's money the- just provides a, a a tracking point for progression. Yeah. I guess it's just like...
1: Uh, <clears throat> I think it's just like the the... And and also Game nature of, of humanity, I guess. It's I think like, so too. Yeah. Back in the day, I think is natural. Yeah, like, back in the day, like, our, our competitiveness was really, like, uh, determined by who was, like, the better hunter and gatherer yeah. of the The tribe. strongest, fastest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who could out-compete from, like, a physical perspective? Like As we keep developing and, like, coming up with these new layers of technology, all of a sudden, like, the the, the barrier of entry to, like, compete, like, from, an, I guess, from, like, an intellectual level, like, just keeps going up and up and up and up yeah. and up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it's, like, that, 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 that instinct in us to compete is never going to go away. Right. yeah so I don't think a, so so if you inject these like competitive people this these higher tier you know uh, intellectuals into like a competitive space I guess that's where the progress comes from you know yeah I think <laughs> so uh, yeah no, I mean now what what people determine like what to fixate their, their thing on their their intellect on and like their 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 desire to progress things that that's a little more subjective yeah, yeah. I think yeah I
0: totally agree I mean <laughs> Like um, when we started MetaZone 2019, I mean, it felt like it was a handful of us talking about the metaverse. Like yeah. Like it was Rio, Maddie, Anorak, Frankie. Yeah. And like there's a handful of others besides us. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, Zuckerberg, you know, steps into the chat and now Microsoft spends $70 billion and Epic Games is saying this is a trillion dollar industry. And then Grayscale says it's a trillion dollar industry. And now all of a sudden, a lot of the projects that we're seeing now that are spawning up, they have some connection to the metaverse. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess one thing that I wanted to say is like, there's sort of like a PSA that, uh. You know, being in the metaverse is very sexy uh, at this point because it's kind of like a buzzword. Definitely. But it is extremely complicated to be in the metaverse, right? Mm. You got to get a 3D modeler, uh, a 3D uh, developer. You have to get sometimes a smart contract developer if you're in the blockchain space. Like it's incredibly expensive. And and, and all these projects that are raising funds and doing all kinds of crazy stuff with the metaverse, they... Potentially don't have like a pulse as to what exactly is required to make the metaverse successful or mm-hmm. into a trillion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. So, uh, cause it takes time and it takes like, you know, uh, overnight successes happen over a decade. So like, it just takes time and you, you, you can't just come up with an idea and all of a sudden, like that's like the, you know, the next billion dollar, you know, top 10 project.
1: <coughs> it depends what that idea is, right?
0: Oh, it depends. Yeah. It depends on what it is, but it depends like who, who's, who's driving
1: that idea too. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the PSA is really just to be um, <coughs> like expect a ton of metaverse projects, but a like, lot of them are going to be uh shit tier, <laughs> shit tier, or just like completely, uh, fr- there's definitely going to be some fraudulent activities. You mm-hmm. know, we've seen it with the NFT space, right? You know? Yeah. Early on in the NFT sector, it was pretty, everyone was genuinely trying to like make good NFT stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. I remember these days when nobody was talking about NFTs, the collective market was probably like $20 million or something like yeah. that. Like yeah, people were launching projects here and there, you know. They raised a couple hundred thousand dollars in, like, an NFT sale. Holy crap, like, that was awesome back then, right? hmm But, and yeah, there's not that many scams. A lot of these projects didn't pan out just because, like, it's really difficult to do stuff in yeah. this space. And it requires a lot of resources, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But once the sector of the NFTs exploded, oh, yeah, that's when we started to see all these, like, hmm. you know, rug pull yeah. meme uh, NFTs and stuff like that. Like, it's just so much... Uh, scamming going on so much noise yeah it is it's, it's overwhelming sometimes right like is they do such a good job of like you know painting a pretty picture pl- yeah playing into like what again what the culture is in that moment and the nft thing is so wild because like every week the culture yeah. shifts yeah but but that's the thing with nfts it's so quick to like latch on to what the cultural like movement is at the moment like you could put something out because at the moment the market is like ex- or they're demanding these, like, very simple assets sure. that are very sure. easy to generate, right? So, yeah, basically, you know, we could have put out the same PSA, like, two years ago or something for, for the NFT space. Like, you know, <laughs> these things are going to blow up and uh, just be mindful. A lot of this stuff is going to be trickery. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. But yeah. there are going to be, like, some genuine you know, projects out there who really want to create some, like, some some, some significant impact, you know?
0: And you know what's tricky about this space is that even though, like, a potential NFT, like, the origin story is probably intended to be like sort of like a rug pull in a sense yeah those nfts can still remain valuable because it happens to like catch on to the zeitgeist and like there's some sort of like uh i don't know movement behind that nft even though like the founders of that nft had like some initial like nefarious ideas
1: well that's the thing and even a lot of these founders they they kind of like uh were very transparent about that like to the point where they're like Mm. you know it's up to the community to kind of figure out, you know, how to to add value to these things that we just spun out of nothingness, Yeah, (laughs) you know, but (laughs) yeah. And ultimately some of these projects, even
0: though like they have like nefarious beginnings, Mm -hmm. they're still valuable. You Mm -hmm. can still make money from them. So like in, in to a certain degree, like it, Technically, they're not bad investments. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the kind of the weird thing. And you, you, you do have to do a ton of research on like determining like which ones you, you can flip versus the ones you want to flip. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so anyway, we, we've talked about, um, We've talked about Elon. We talked about uh, Neil deGrasse.
1: COVID. I got a little bit of insight into like uh, why you're so positive on everything. <laughs> like why you don't think like uh, technology is on a, a path to like mass destruction. Yeah, like, man. That's okay. That's it's okay. It's fine. That's what I'm here for. You know what? To like contemplate these horrible like, scenarios. Uh, you know, again, I, I quote Elon
0: when he said that uh, I would rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Mm-hmm. And so like, I just think it's healthier just to have like a mindset of like being a little bit more optimistic on the sense, especially when we're talking about like humanity and like progress. I mean, I feel yeah. like we're going to figure out these problems like global warming and, and all that.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, until the point where you're not, but until, <laughs> until then. Just, Can if- you
0: imagine in, in these like big points like global warming, COVID, vaccines, AI, if we're wrong, if we're ever like like humanity happens to be wrong that's the end of us yeah and like i i just i don't think the collective um human society is going to allow that to happen mm. this seems very unlikely
1: mm. like, even after that movie you watched the other day what's it called <laughs> uh, uh fucking, don't look up yeah yeah even after seeing that you're still positive um i, I mean <laughs> that's okay dude no i'm not trying to like convert you to like cynicism or anything <laughs> like that <laughs> Uh, and I agree with you in a lot of sense, you know, and uh, I think there's plenty of data to suggest, even though like people have always, again, there's always this sentiment of fear no matter what, when there's change on the horizon and data suggests that like, every like advancement we've made in the past has led to, you know, objectively better living yeah. standards yeah. for, for humanity across the board. Yeah. I mean, well, not, maybe not across the board, but like <laughs> for societies that have, you know, yeah. access. access to sure. these things, you know, right. Sure. Like, in a lot of cases, it's probably like uh, you know, it's just kind of like part of the human nature of things. There's you know, there's a sector of the population that's uh that's that is not within this access point. Sure. That, that's you know, they're kind of being taken advantage of,
0: right? Yeah, they are. I mean, and you know, that section of the population, it's important to onboard them to the internet. Yeah. It is very important because one. One of those billion people who are essentially starving to death or living off of like you know a dollar a day or whatever it is, yeah, could be the next Elon, yep. but he can't be the next Elon because he doesn't have access to like tools, education, food, just water, a, just
1: a basic framework of, of yeah. modern living, right? Like that's In, that's the bare, yeah, expectation. But like I guess in our current dynamic, until like everything is fully automatable, or that even uh, automated, automated, yeah, like we can't expect. I, I don't I don't know if that reality. Can I agree,
0: hundred percent. You're you're absolutely right. If we yeah. can if we can automate the production of food, then we have essentially infinite food, right? It's all based on like uh, resources, like uh, yeah. raw resources,
1: or automate the production of uh, I guess like resource gathering across the board, right? Absolutely. Like you, we don't have to rely on you know some third world country slave labor. Yeah. Just to provide like the the minerals and stuff, that dude. Absolutely, technology. You know? Yeah,
0: man. Like you, you could create like um like um like a really huge tall building and completely automate the 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 growth of like vegetables within yeah. this automated building. Yeah, and all of a sudden you have like essentially unlimited vegetables, right? So then you apply that to like all types of foods, and then you got food for everybody. But um and that all this comes from like technology like yeah like it's all there we just have to um, have some sort of like incentive to build it right and and i don't know i think the incentive should be like find the next elon right? Yeah. Oh, but really it's just, or enable the next Elon to be exact.
1: Yeah. But the real incentive is, just like, it's just maximum efficiency, right? Like for sure. From a, from a company perspective, they're the ones who are like kind of determining. Yeah, that's true. That, that is
0: the driver. The side effect is we found the next Elon. The side effect
1: is like, yeah, it's, it's, we freed humanity from this burden of, uh, of labor. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's an amazing, like, uh, like turning point, I think like in our, evolution now what now what do we do with our time on this planet you know See, and that's, <laughs> see, that is the biggest
0: question of all it's like yeah. when you have basically all your minimum requirements met, what does humans, what, what do humans do at that point? And yeah, what's
1: our value at that point, right? Uh, well,
0: but I, but then again, I would argue is like, what is the value of a waiter, or a waitress that brings you food when a robot can do that? Yeah. Like, and so you relieve them from like this, uh, this burden of uh, labor. And so then what does this waiter do? What does a waitress do?
1: Got to be the creative like, creativity of humanity. It's like yeah. the only thing left at that point. Right? Yeah, if yeah, we don't need ourselves to like you know keep the ship running
0: like labor, like hard labor. Yeah, then I guess then, yeah.
1: <clears throat> the economy is going to have to be focused on like how do we like. Uh, how do we entertain each other or something? I don't know.
2: You know?
0: True. I mean, that's largely a huge driving force in the economy is
1: entertainment, right? Or maybe like how you behave. Like, uh, See, that's probably like China's like uh, thought on things. Like how you behave. Yeah. Is, as like a free human. It, yeah. Like this is, uh, you rack up these points, you know, based on your behavior. And like. Yeah in society
0: oh yeah. yeah like a point system for like yeah. contributing like a UVI allocation at that point or something yeah. but I like I, I think every you know to answer this question it's very subjective like everybody's yeah. gonna have their own individual answer like totally. me I would be trying to figure out problems like within the society it could be you know something simple because everyone has their minimum requirements met there's other problems to solve right there's other technologies to invent to like go further in space or yeah. uh, create the better you know self-driving car whatever it is yeah. and so I would be the one trying to figure out those problems and solving them that that's how i would spend my time Mm -hmm. but others would spend their time painting or you know putting on classes educating whatever it is yeah and uh everyone will have their own like little niche and you know if you have your minimum requirements met like if you're rich i mean typically rich people have some sort of activity it could be a degen activity but Mm -hmm. usually it's not Mm. right because if you participate in degen activity that means your bank account goes down right in general it trends down yeah so but but anyway um so i think another thing we should talk about is like going back to the metaverse and kind of like what we're what we're working on and what we should expect for i guess this coming 2022 so yeah that's true since yeah since we're back into uh kind of like the swing of things um happy new year for for everyone listening those of you who stuck around this this long i mean that's yeah. Especially That's all, crazy, thank you.
1: Yeah, you guys who anybody yeah who's still here from like when we started this damn thing, what in twenty eighteen? Twenty nineteen. Are you yeah. sure? I thought it was twenty eighteen when we first started the podcast. No, I think it was twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen? Yeah, it was like February, March time frame. Okay. Well it's still a very long time, dude. Shout out to you guys who, you know man. It's, once you see this feels like a decade. I know, man. It feels oh. like it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean we started off just like as like uh passive observers of like what's going on in this space. Yeah. You know, just like everybody, right? But we were so deeply like fascinated about what's going on. Twenty nineteen, heat of a bear market, but well, we we were anticipating like this this resurgence, right? Because this is what happens in like uh, nascent industries. Like they just go through these yeah phases, these bubbles. Where you want to call them? Boom and busts. Boom and busts. So we were back then. We were just trying to figure out what was it that was gonna you know get us the boom phase again. Yeah. Now we're deep in the boom, potentially busting. I don't know, <laughs> but probably not. We're we're, we're like halfway into the boom phase or something like that. Yeah, around here's when we started the podcast. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and this was like Bitcoin was at around $3700. Yeah. And you're like it
1: could go lower, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, dude, negative. Well, see, that's my typical, you know, downside <laughs> analysis on things, but but the cool thing is like, you know, zoom out again. Like let's see the whole chart from there, you know, from the starting point till now. Yeah, man. Rap, this chart looks gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but a, a lot has happened here, dude. Like I said, we went from passive observers in the space to, like, now we're, you know, we're deep in this space now. Like, we're actually doing our best to influence, like, the direction of a lot of things, I think. Yeah. And it might not seem like that yet because, you know... We're not at the point where we could just like fully divulge everything that yeah. we want, we have in mind, for sure. As far as like how we want to drive the direction of, specifically the metaverse space, right? Just because we just happen to be early participants and early contributors to it, so we we've, we've witnessed, we've experienced it all. We know the ins and outs of like what, what you know what's what makes things difficult. <clears throat> you know, just yesterday, I think Battle Racers, you guys, you in OG natives, you guys probably know the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know them dearly because they have. A parcel right next to ours. <laughs> yeah, the little freaking car build. Yeah, right behind our Metazone tower. Dude. Yeah, we can actually head over there right now. Yeah, let's go check it out. But yeah, they just publicly announced that they, you know, they're calling it quits on like any uh, further development. Yep. Which is kind of it's a bummer, dude, because you know they, I mean, essentially we we entered at the same time as them, right? Or maybe yeah. they're a little before us.
0: Probably a little bit before us.
1: Yeah, because they raised, I think decent amount of money from yeah. the sell of nfts which i think you know there are components to these cars that were eventually going to become you know uh game assets within the metaverse yeah and, phew, i mean they deployed this build it was like it looked very promising right but they ran into an issue that yeah we witnessed other game attempts run into as well yeah chain
0: right? chainbreakers, uh, i think had a very similar problem
1: yeah chain breakers, another very ambitious project. They're trying to bring a you know a game ecosystem into the metaverse. They raised some money. They got a community. They sold a bunch of assets. You know they leveraged NFTs how they should be. NFTs are very good funding tools mm-hmm. for project founders, and uh, because the people purchasing these assets, you know they have actual direct gameplay utility to them, right? So <clears throat> everything falls in line. Like all these projects who are trying to construct something of value in, the, in the, specifically Decentraland because it's, it seems to be the most capable like game environment. Yeah in the open metaverse, but as of now, there hasn't really been like a full-blown, full successful attempt, right? So like, I'm calling it today, like there's a game development curse in Decentraland. For sure. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Um, It takes, uh, man, we've
0: said it a number of times. Yeah. If you're jumping into the metaverse, specifically into like open metaverses like Decentraland, and you're going to spend millions of dollars on land, and you think you're just going to create cool stuff... Got a, you got a big thing coming for you because it's very difficult mm-hmm. and it's very cost intensive to create stuff in open metaverses.
1: <clears throat> that and there's, just there's core issues with like, you know, that game developers aren't used to like uh, with the metaverse, being that it's a shared, you know, uh, environment, right? Like you can't just deploy a game wherever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: got it so i mean so so we're looking at the Metazone tower this has been here since 2019 in the beta right the central land launched february 2020 so this has been here since 2019 so imagine that and a lot of these additions are brand new by the way but i think we'll find
1: uh battle racers over here sweet shoes dude oh shit a little bare feet i didn't even know i had that dude (laughs) Also <laughs> oh, this is cool. This is uh made by Rizik. I remember him. Yeah. I
0: wonder if he's still around. Okay, here it is. So this car, building is really cool. This is like one of the. This has been here since twenty nine. Well, roughly twenty nineteen too. I
1: think. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, <clears throat> whenever we deployed our tower, or actually our first game at the tower, there was pretty much nothing around us except for this car. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. You know, it was just it was off into the distance. You was, couldn't really see it, but it was gray grid. Yeah. All throughout
0: here, everything was gray grid except the tower, and then this. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, they they uh, ended up um. I guess calling it quits. And, you know, this is like one of those OG things that, you know, it's just difficult to, to build in Decentraland. And, like, they, they had a product outside of Decentraland as well. Yeah. But, uh, but the value proposition for being in the metaverse is that... You know, that this content exists and persists beyond just like being a website game or being, you know, uh, some other like closed in ecosystem.
1: Yeah. So there's interesting happening, interesting things happening in Decentraland. I guess we haven't really <clears throat> talked about in a while. Like, uh, I mean, Decentraland's like our homeland because we were there, we witnessed the launch of it, and uh, immediately we started building stuff there. So that's that's our open metaverse of choice, even though there's like a few others. Mm-hmm. Decentraland, I mean, it's the OG, right? So. It was the most interesting one to really dive deep into. It was the most open-ended one. Yeah. And it's it seemed to be like, you know, uh, on to something back then, even though it was like so vague. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. everything was a gamble back then, right? You know, there's probably like a community of 50 to 100 people at most... Like, actually contributed. 100 at most. <laughs> yeah, like, whenever there was, like, a peak event, 100 people showed up, Yeah, you know, for anything. But, yeah, but we, as far as, like, active developers in the space at the time, probably less than a handful. 50. Maybe even, like, yeah, like, 10, 15. I don't know. But it was very, like, So, what comes to mind is uh, Miles, Decentral
0: Games. Of that course. was That was early Decentraland days. Um, Chainbreakers, Battle Racers. Yeah, the whole the guys who uh, <coughs> built Wonder Zone. Wonder Zone, yeah those guys um, Dapcraft Dapcraft OG these are all 2019
1: projects yeah and then there's a bunch of other developers just kind of, like, dabbling here and there, like, t- trying to deploy things on, like, the very small amount of land they had, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is the problem, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of them, exactly. they might have great ambitions, and, like, they want to create something really cool, but, I mean, they just don't have the land to do that, right? So, yeah. Quick, quickly, we started to figure out, like, hold on, dude, there's issues going on. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> so our our position
0: in all of this is land being like the developer's bandwidth is is the single most important asset like in terms of the metaverse. Yeah. But if brands want to exist in the metaverse they don't necessarily need to acquire land. They need content, right? Deployable content, right? That's our position. Mm-hmm. That if brands create deployable content, they can distribute that content in multiple metaverses. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, now the brand's IP now exists in these multiple worlds where either the audience is going to be. And so... Brands don't necessarily need to spend millions of dollars on land just to have a, a position in the world, right? There's other ways to do that. And that's what we're pioneering is that you don't have to own land to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, we're just kind of going back and through like the history of Decentraland and like yeah. some of the projects and kind of breaking, you know, breaking down as to why things have transpired as,
1: as they yeah. have. But let's do like a little side-by-side breakdown, though. Of like, okay, so we kind of broke down like our, our entry into the metaverse space and like our beginnings into Central Land. It was, it was very desolate. Uh, a handful of developers actually contributing at the time just because, you know, there's a lot of things happening in the crypto space. You got DeFi booming and stuff like that. A lot of developers are, you know, they follow the money trail. Well, we've been saying this, right? Yeah. If, if, the, if the whole developer's ecosystem it's way easier to make money building DeFi protocols and whatnot. whatnot. That's yes. what they're going to do. 100%. Right? And 100%. That's, that's largely what happened. So there weren't as many people like dabbling in the metaverse space just because like there was no clear line to monetization anywhere. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not intuitive at all to figure out how am I actually going to like profit from all this work that I'm putting in. So that's right. There weren't many people willing to contribute back then. Fast forward to today. I mean, it's been what, like three years? <coughs> uh, the user base has definitely accelerated Significantly, significantly. Like, if you could check it out now, I'm I'm assuming there's probably like you know maybe a thousand to two thousand people logged in right now. Yep. And a lot of it is due to you know the, the mass awareness event of like you know Facebook entering the space. Now people are kind of curious. they want to know what is this metaverse thing I'm hearing so much about? Oh okay, this is Decentraland is, is, is part of the open metaverse. Let's go log in, create an avatar, and let's go explore right Before that really didn't happen, yeah, three years ago. There was really no mass awareness, nothing. nobody was curious. So what know. really spawned that? I think it was Zuckerberg. <laughs> Of course, yeah, that is definitely what spawned it, you know. So there's there's an access to a user base now, you know. So if this narrative continues, like if, if it's true, this Microsoft acquisition is, is like a... The start of a a Microsoft, metaverse, play. Yeah, Metaverse. And we just keep hearing more and more Metaverse, you know, uh, awareness. Yeah. And you can expect the user base to continue to grow, right? And they're going to be looking for things to do, like reasons to actually like participate in the Metaverse, just like people expect to find reasons to participate in DeFi, exactly for sure (laughs) and yeah
0: yeah i mean um i think one of the one of the quotes let me see if i can bring it up i i sent it to you guys um see if i can find it here sent it to who uh to to you guys okay uh maybe i didn't but and what was it oh no i know where it is give me one second
1: so okay (coughs) looking through the uh community discord by the way if you guys ever want to join i think the link will be somewhere (laughs) like on our youtube channel most likely yeah, in so, the Discord, guys.
0: yeah, definitely join our Discord. It's, it's almost uh, 3,000 members, and uh, a lot of them are developers, creators, speculators of cryptocurrency. And uh, this is what I want to show you. So oh, this okay. interview on CNN was um, Andrew Kegel. Mm-hmm. Um, within 24 months, every single large corporation is going to need a presence in the metaverse in the same way they need a website. And Feels
1: like they 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 ripped that from you. Exactly, dude. <laughs> I feel like I've God heard you say it. that like so many times.
0: Dude, exactly. And <laughs> so so what they did was, I mean, since this guy is wealthy, I don't know which organization. Um so two and a half million dollars on real estate that they purchased. Oof.
1: So land. Yeah. Yeah. So We've seen this before, right? Uh, Republic Realm, same Rep- thing. Yeah,
0: Republic Realm did the same yeah. thing. Interesting. And um and so our position is like you don't necessarily need to purchase land in order to have like marketable products exist in the metaverse. Engaging products share like potentially a protocol to a to a community, kind of like we have with the DeFi um, protocol that that was submitted as a meta. And like that's, I mean, you know that that is a much easier, more efficient way to exist in the metaverse. Mm because i mean ultimately if all companies purchase land in the central land they wouldn't be land for anyone to
1: for anyone else to purchase yeah i guess that would be like the best case scenario for like a, a land owner for right? sure yeah. like, there's like a, a gold rush of uh, like all companies like owning land yeah 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 definitely but <clears throat> that's not sustainable it's not
0: so. So anyway, yeah. we're we're just kind of like going through sort of like the timeline of, of things.
1: And um, but this this adds on to like the side by side comparison though. Is like there's clearly there's like a, a there's now there's a, an incentive for involvement i guess or participation like people are actively looking for ways to like you know publicly announce like look like i'm involved yeah you know we're doing something in the metaverse space right you know whether it's we're buying land you know we're gonna
0: pretty soon that narrative is gonna get old very very fast Mm. it's like i'm involved i'm in and and Mm -hmm. it's like okay you you go and visit that parcel and it's just like a, a glorified cube Mm-hmm. like it, it, it's like okay you're in the metaverse but so what yeah
1: we've already seen that we saw that with like uh the crypto space first We're the first ones, you know like krakens and like different mm-hmm. exchanges different whatever the hell they set up their hqs didn't really add or didn't really contribute too much right like nobody's going to the you go pull up crypto valley right now dude on decentraland's map <clears throat> because that's 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 okay there it is go <laughs> down there it is there's nobody at crypto valley yeah. So this is where like the, the 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 HQ of like where the crypto space kind of like made their grand statements of their involvement, right? Like they oh we're in the metaverse, so we built our HQs in here. Yeah. Nobody's there. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can make an argument. Still, it's like uh you know these headline generating things they contribute some some way into like the progress of things, but I guess there's more like impactful approaches to like you know what, what we really need is retention. Right, we we need a purpose as like a collective to like want to stay in decentraland. So
0: yeah, let me see if like uh, I can come up with a similar analogies. Like uh, if you're a company and it's like, hey, we have a website. Yeah. I was like okay, well, how many people are visiting your website? I was like, well, one or two. Yeah. Like just because you have a website doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. Like just because you have a cube in the metaverse doesn't mean anything.
1: No, it's just, it's just it's marketing, right? You, you get to you get to like fluff your company's, pe- you know your <laughs> your peen, yeah, your company peen a little bit, like dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like look how edgy we are, dude. We're in the metaverse too. You yeah, know? It's like, so see, it's, but that's it's, what I, that's what I mean. It's like
0: okay, you I have know, a, you yeah. have a website, right? It's great, yeah. oh, but. How do you get people to the website? Well, you create something that people need, Like product. Something engaging. Something engaging. Something
1: useful, some yes. value, right?
0: Yes. And so now uh, now you create that, that value. People are coming to your website. Now you can flex that you have a million people visiting your website using your protocol or using your product. Um, and so largely the same sentiment will transition in the metaverse. It's no longer good enough just to deploy a cube. Yeah. Right. That's not, especially if you're cracking or Uniswap or one inch or whatever, where you have protocols, you can have APIs where you can interact with and like share some of that revenue to the community owners who purchase these NFTs. Like mm-hmm. that is what the future of the metaverse is going to be like, right? Yeah. Where you can mark it down. You can put it on the calendar. Like you put money on it. I'm telling you, that's what's
1: going to happen. <laughs> put money on it, eh? <laughs> <coughs> yeah, you're right. But I think it comes in phases though. Like, uh just because you know i think what we're illustrating here is like there's still so much missing right uh from an infrastructure level uh to to get these companies to the point where they could actually like uh you know implement some kind of value oh yeah and on on top of this metaverse ecosystem right
0: so i say this with um intention
1: oh yeah of course
0: that uh we're building i mean we're I mean, we've been building that infrastructure so IP and brands can exist in the metaverse in a marketable, sustainable way where the community can actually participate and use said products, Mm. right? These are not glorified 3D models, which end up just being just a a showpiece, but nothing functional. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I think I've...
1: Having said that, yeah, I think that's a good, like, stopping point for now, just because this is the first time back... On this podcast, yeah, man, we just had to get out some of like our freaking—I uh don't even know—like mental junk food, like (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like we just talk about some random like stuff, but also like lay lay the groundwork for like what I think our podcast is going to be focused on here in the coming future is like yes, really breaking down everything that we're just kind of introducing now, like you know, clearly, okay, the metaverse is expanding it's 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 in like a almost a runaway growth phase not 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 to that point yet but it's on its way uh there's there's a huge cultural awareness happening at the moment we got massive companies that are going to start pushing this narrative even harder because they have like an incentive to do so because i think there's an understanding among these like big tech companies like this is going to be the next step forward for like the 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 internet space, For sure. web space, right? For sure. So, like you've said in the past, either they're either gonna have to embrace it or f- fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, and they're start. It looks like they're embracing it, and uh, they're figuring out their way to like, you know, cement their position. In, yes. In here, so I mean, I feel there's not gonna be a shortage of things to talk about. I'm sure. Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> and then yeah, we're gonna have to lay out our our version of uh, how to contribute to what we think the metaverse ecosystem needs to thrive, right? So, I mean, we've been talking about these things off and on for the last couple of years already so
0: yeah and I think I think our conversation and including Oscar or oh, I, yeah. as most of you know I'm Corv I think we bring something unique to the table in the sense that we can freely talk about these things and we can give our perspective our knowledgeable uh, perspective on these things because we're in the middle of it like building stuff and um, a lot of the projects out there that are building metaverse projects uh, they don't have like this transparency they don't have like this dialogue with their community it's true and and you said it best in one of our live talks by the way you should join our live talks we give away nfts every single week on thursdays at uh 10 p.m utc Mm -hmm. where uh where you said that these conversations is not optional for project builders right you you need to be able to interface with the community to a degree where like they understand like how we think and like where a product is going yeah. And when you're building in the metaverse, you are building with a community. And yep. so you, you have to do these things.
1: Yeah, we ran into it. You know, as long as you're genuine with your community and, you know, because people expect certain things from, uh, you know, founders, project founders. I myself has been on that side of things, especially when you're like a, an investor, right? Like you, sure. obviously you have like some kind of like financial tie, this this entity that you've kind of put your yeah your resources toward, so you have like these innate like demands <laughs> in mind yeah, and sometimes they get brought up like uh, in, in aggressive forms. Sure, <laughs> right. Sure. And this is something every project's gonna have to deal with, right? And yeah, I think the best way to actually deal with it is is what we're doing here. Like you know, as long as you the community understands, like, dude, we're genuine here. We're not there's if we weren't, we wouldn't be public. Yeah, <laughs> if we weren't genuinely trying to actually achieve something. Yeah. You know, we, we would do everything in our power to make sure, like, if, if shit goes south, we're out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find us, dude. <laughs> but we're not doing that. You know, you know, we're here, Uh, you know, up to the point of, like, maybe, like, doxing our actual addresses. Like, that, that's yeah. the extent of, like, how transparent we can be. Yeah. Right? But, you know, we're going to keep this going, dude, because, yeah, I think it's a necessary component to, like, yeah, especially community building and uh, trying to, like, eliminate some of this – uh sketchy activity in the space, right? Like, you know, you just gave a PSA in the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just so people are aware, like, you know, be mindful and be uh, cognizant that there's going to be a lot of fraudulent metaverse stuff Mm -hmm. coming up. 100%. So so, uh, we're going to do our best to like set some kind of precedent. Like, you know, if you're going to create some kind of, contribution in this space like it's it's at least minimally expected your your public facing right so yeah hopefully I mean, that's what we, the precedent we set
0: and, and so we'll, we'll kind of end it here but this is an example of what i'm talking about we're visiting trust swap right hmm. swap your tokens right pretty cool building right i would i would happily deploy this right yes but yeah, you go yeah. inside and it's just uh I don't know, like a spaceship. And you kind of look around and that's about it. That's that's their existence in the Metaverse is like a, a glorified gallery. Mm-hmm. And our my opinion, personally, this isn't good enough. Nobody
1: cares. Nobody's here. So basically the Metaverse needs killer applications, right? Yes. That's what so, we're saying here. Yeah. This, this to me is like, it's a 2D web interface that's like, you know, it's just like a branding page. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a, a branding <laughs> page. Exactly. It's that's just a landing page. Yeah, and that's it. But three D, three D visualized. So yeah, there's no real reason to ever come back here once you see for sure. it for the first time. Like, yeah. oh okay, trust swap, cool. Yeah, I'll put that in my memory bank. Yeah, and exactly. never come back. But yeah, what, what you're saying is we need the the Googles and the the Facebooks and the the Twitters of the metaverse. Like, yes, we need, we need functional we need stuff A real reason to like you know log in every single day. Yes, basically. yes. I'm on board, dude. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys are too. Who are listening to this? Because yes. like that—that that is like the inception point to like a metaverse realization. I think like why? Because everyone's asking like why the metaverse? Mm-hmm. Like, do we even need this? Yeah, you know. Well, it's not self-evident yet, and especially like when you come to like the current day version of what Decentraland, the open metaverse is. It just—it just does not make sense right now <laughs> to the—the to the common man, right? ah,
0: dude. That's so good the, the way you put it. It's not self-evident. Yeah. And it's, it won't be
1: unless somebody does something about it. Yeah. So killer app incoming, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh thank you guys for listening this has been the block runner make sure you follow us on twitter at the block runner and follow metazone as well at metazone.io or metazone.io and um and yeah stay tuned we will be back next week uh we also do short form podcasts we uh short form on youtube and uh thank you for that
1: sorry (laughs) a little background
0: jingle no big deal yeah all right all right guys appreciate it and we will see you in the next video peace out Thank you for listening to The Blockrunner Podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at TheBlockrunner.